Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Yeah, hi there. Um, here we are, Future Print Podcast for this week. This is a bit of a special one, as I have uh, three people in the podcast with me. And uh, the purpose of this is really just to share with the audience a little bit of information about the event, the exciting event that we're doing in a couple of weeks' time in New York, the IME East event, which is uh, a manufacturing event uh, focused a lot on health and beauty, pharmaceutical, packaging, and we're doing a little future print showcase there. And I'm pleased to have uh, two of the people who are going to speak. Scott Einzig. Scott, hi. Hey, Fraser. Good to see you. And Lynn Lepo from CGS Oris. Hi there. Hi there, Lynn. And we've also got Heiner Muller from the German team of CGS, uh, CGS as well. So uh, we've got a we've got a blend. Hi, Heiner. Uh, hi, Fraser. Hi, everyone. Yeah, good, good to see you, you all. Um, so I wanted to do this because I just want to get a bit of a feel for what you guys are going to be talking about and what the market's looking at. Uh, so first things first, let's just quickly introduce yourself. Scott, just do a quick intro for anyone who doesn't know you. Sure. Uh, Scott Einzig. I'm a national sales manager for Engineered Printing Solutions. We're a division of Czar PLC. We're a, a small manufacturer, OEM, and integrator of custom single-pass machines, as well as flatbed, wide format, and pad printing equipment, uh, primarily focused on the industrial space in North America. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And uh, Lynn, just tell us a bit about you. Sure. Um, my name's Lynn Lapo. I'm the business development manager for the eastern half of North America at CGS Oris Americas. Um, I've been with the company going on a decade, and my industry experience is primarily rooted um, in the pre-press uh, environment space and surrounding the topic of substrates and, and proofing. Um, at the upcoming conference, I'll be speaking about mock-ups and prototyping, or prototypes rather, in the packaging space. Yep. Um, and then CGS, if anyone is unfamiliar, uh, is a company really, we have two kind of core passions. One is imaging technology, two is color management. So we're a, we're a company established in 1985 and a global leader in color management, digital proofing, and proofing media. We're headquartered near Frankfurt, Germany, uh, where my colleague Heiner is located. Fantastic, Heiner. And that's a nice intro, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you. very much. It's, it saves me a lot of time. Uh, so uh, <laughs> my name is Heiner Müller, and uh, I'm uh, Lynn's counterpart, more or less, in uh, in Europe. I'm covering Europe and some, some other exotic countries like uh, UAE and, and India. Uh, with our um, uh, uh, packaging portfolio um, in terms of uh, proto- packaging, prototyping and proofing and some other solutions. And um, I'm with the company since 18 years ongoing. And my background really is since 1980, I started in this industry is really packaging, proofing, color management. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you, Heiner. Um, so let's let's just go a little bit deeper in terms of what you guys are doing scott just tell us a bit more about what you're going to be presenting and and kind of also why why you think this manufacturing market might be interesting 
Sure. Uh, so I'm going to focus primarily on something that's a little bit more fun that you don't typically get in these conferences. We lo- we love that. We lo- absolutely love more fun. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the one of the best things about being in sales is you know you get to see a lot of different projects, a lot of different companies that that do manufacturing in a lot of different ways. And the great thing about what we offer is you know generally it's a custom solution for a very specific product. Um, but I'm going to take uh, some videos and some uh, stills of the work that we've done in the in the past year, two years, um, and really just showcase some of the new technology that we've been able to introduce to the market. Mm-hmm. And you know, it it certainly applies to everything that's involved in this show. You know, we're fortunate to be able to work in a wide breadth of industries, and with this presentation we'll touch on consumer goods food packaging medical device um you know and then some unique specialty applications with digital cold foil so it, it'll be a visual presentation yeah more than anything that sounds good and and that's i guess from our point of view we're, we're interested in this because we we're kind of expecting people who attend to maybe not be so familiar with what you can do with print technology I mean, that's right. The thing and that's, about this, that's isn't why it? I went with a a title that's more disruptive um, in the digital market because a lot of what we're seeing is the transition from an analog process to a digital process. Hmm. And you know, we we our product offering allows that sort of step through. Um, so we're taking traditional analog systems like offset or pad print or screen printing and moving them into an industrial inkjet space. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's in essence what this is about. That's what Future Print about is about. That's what our kind of industrial print show was about. It's about those kind of industrial p- potential areas for print technology to be used to deposit something, you know, a liquid normally onto a different material and then to use it in a different way. So that's absolutely spot on. And it's interesting what you said. Lynn, tell us a bit about what you're what you're going to present and what you're what you're looking to explore with the with the event. Sure. So in my presentation, I'm you know hoping just to have a, a little bit of conversation mm-hmm. and present about the power in general of printed color accurate mock-ups and prototypes in packaging. It it may not be an area um, that printers, package printers are engaging in currently, but it's, it's also an area where brand owners aren't necessarily producing these mock-ups and prototypes in-house. Mm. Um, so in, in, in navigating kind of the aftermath of the pandemic, I feel like it's just kind of changed business across many industries. Mm. Um, and for brand owners, I think it's highlighted, you know, really highlighted the importance and the need for these new and innovative ways to captivate consumers and make a lasting impression. And for printers, I think it's created an opportunity to potentially delve into a new market segment. You know, wide format and digital package printing uh, have seemingly become the popular choices. Um, I guess also I'd like to touch on in my presentation, the shift, you know, post you know, if we even say post pandemic yet in (laughs) in the aftermath of the pandemic, Mm. you know, consumers have been, more conscious about the importance of shopping local and supporting local businesses due to, you know, lockdowns and restrictions that limited our mobility and encouraged us all to kind of explore and appreciate options that are in our immediate vicinity. And 
as a result, many of us turn to more local and regional brands as to as a means to support our communities and our local economy. Um, you know, maybe that meant supporting your local coffee shop instead of a caribou or a, a Starbucks, yeah. you know, or the restaurant down the street instead of driving through something. Um, and I think that that shift towards smaller regional brands has been evident in sectors, you know, such as food and beverage, as well as in personal care products. And in working with package printers, that creates an opportunity for them to be working, you know, with, with these smaller, more regional brands yeah. who have shorter runs and, and more flexibility um, in offering, you know, kind of being more transparent and agile yeah. and adapting to rapidly changing kind of consumer needs. The larger brands face some challenges in maintaining supply chains and ensuring that their product's available and, you know, responding to to consumer demands during kind of this, you know, weird after pandemic time. Mm -hmm. And so these smaller brands are a potential, you know, source of revenue for package printers yep. to be doing mock-ups and prototypes for them. Yep. Um, Sorry, Lynn, what I was just thinking there is you say smaller printers, but it actually could, could be reflected in both, couldn't it? It could be opportunities for small printer of, or sm companies that are just wanting to test things. So as you said, sort of prototype, but, but that could also apply to bigger organizations that don't want to put into a mass production environment, uh, an analog technology environment. They want to just test something out, maybe test a new market. I mean, that's the great advantage with this, surely. Yeah, it sure could, because I mean, package printing in general is, is thriving at yeah. the moment. And um, the need for small brands and large to produce targeted and, and some shorter run package producing mm. and, and more targeted package, targeted market package um, has increased as is yeah. the need to, you know, to market and to consumer speed. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the packaging mock-ups and prototypes are really integral in communic you know, communicating the face and the voice of a product as well as, you know, as well as its identity, its values and its, you know, consumer appeal. Yeah, I completely get that. I mean, hi now, just tell us: Are people really picking this up? Are they are they getting it now? Because this has been this conversation around digital. I mean, you know, Scott and I probably had this conversation five years ago. It's it's you know we kind of know it, um, but but are people picking it up? Uh, ab absolutely. I mean, I, I still remember you know when the Indigo was introduced in the market, and Benny Landa said. Anything which can go digital will go digital. Mm -hmm. And this is, of course, what we're seeing now in, in some markets more than in others. Uh, but let me just pick on uh, on something um, uh, Lynn mentioned about, you know, smaller, uh, smaller evolving brands, this mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, one, one example would be um, uh, beverage can printing. You know, there's, of course, you know, there's now, you know, digital manufacturers coming to the market who target, for instance, the, um, the the craft beer market. You know, you see a lot of intricate designs, you know, and they're being printed in the 10, 20,000 rather than in the in the two, three millions like a Pepsi-Cola can or something like this. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, and, you know, this is where I want to, wanna, you know, pick on, on what Lim was saying. Um, at the same time, these, I won't say these, these, these startup brands, they are, um, they are inexperienced, but you know they they do have uh, ideas about their packaging designs. They cannot envision how that how that product uh, eventually will look at the shelf. Yeah. So the whole thing is what we're aiming at at CGS 
being it um, a prototyping solution, proofing solution, also soft proofing solutions for communicating color. Yeah. Uh, it all boils down to um, shorten the time to market and to shorten the approval chain. And yeah. this is also when the pandemic hit, you know, um, typically you would send one proof. Now you have to send six proofs because everybody's sitting in home offices. That makes uh, things more complex. And our mm -hmm. aim is um, to create something which is um, indistinguishable from the final product and right. doing do a one-off or three or four-off on yep. a digital solution. Yep. That is our aim. And this is um, what we're quite successful in the market. Sure, sure. Scott, what's your thought on this? Uh, yeah, I was just kind of thinking the same, sort of the same thing. It seems like post-pandemic, a lot of these brands, um, or at least in this space, packaging, you have people who are consumers who are designing and becoming basically their own art directors. And if you have a central location for manufacturing of the product, it doesn't seem like that's that's happening anymore. It may be more regional, mm. um, you know, like Lynn said, maybe closer to home where you have to print something that's coming to the consumer and they expect it to look like it's going to be on screen. You know, that's that's kind of the need for it. So yeah. for us um, on the on the proofing side, one of the things that we struggle with is you're building a concept or a machine or a process that maybe hasn't been done before. Mm -hmm. And so from the time that you do a sample material to the end product, it it has to be you know consistent all the way through. Sure. Yeah. So uh, Scott, just picking up on what you mentioned about the, you know the products and the, and the different machines that you're building. Um, with the event that we're doing in New York, are you thinking very much about uh, sort of product product decoration machine technology? Is that is that the story? Yeah. So we we primarily focus on UV technology, direct mm -hmm. to object. Mm -hmm. So. We're dealing with substrates, not typically cardboard, but it can be. Yeah. Um, variety of plastics, metal, mm -hmm. glass, wood. Um, different shapes, different kind of 3D shapes. Different, yeah, different geometries, yeah. Um, flat, you know, tapered, uh, round objects. And uh, yeah, every day is completely different for what we're we're dealing with. So mm. and and in comparison with traditional ways of a manufacturer dealing with this kind of product. Um, the advantage, I guess, that you deliver is that you give them the opportunity to print and to change, change the message, messaging on the outside of the product over a period of time, a short shorter period of time. Is that right? Is that the main win here? I think, you know, like you, you mentioned, our conversations about where customization is going and personalization, yep. where maybe five or six years ago, you would say a consumer may expect it, but they're not going to pay more for it. Mm. Um, you're, I think that that market is starting to mature enough now where there is a premium to be paid for uh, a custom image on a, on a product. Yeah. And you're seeing that in the drinkware market, you know, over the last few years specifically, but it's moving into consumer goods as well. People are rebranding, um, you know, starting their own little businesses with, you know, especially in the cosmetics industry, you know, they're doing their own thing and, you know, you need customization and personalization and they're going to pay for it. Hmm. And, and they'll pay more for it, won't they? That's the thing. And, and the flip side is also you're going to pay more because a lot of this manufacturing is happening now in the U.S. Mm. as opposed to overseas. So your lead times are shorter, you know, uh, but you are going to pay 
a higher price for it. Then mm. is that um, part of a kind of post-pandemic trend that um, re- you know re- reshoring of uh, manufacturing? I mean, I I feel like it is in my experience. You know, I'm a little bit less on the manufacturing side and a little bit more immersed in in this kind of pre-press and mock-up space. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, traveling, you know, post-pandemic and and working with brand owners and creatives and mm-hmm. package printers or maybe conventional printers moving into packaging, these kind of palatable software investments and leveraging the hardware technology that they already, you know, perhaps have available is producing pretty quick ROIs. So I'm, mm. I'm routinely having like the same conversation, you know, a device that they may have available for sign and banner work that can be used to create packaging mock-ups and prototypes or mm. a device that they have available for creating promotional products. Um, they can oftentimes use that to simulate varnish and emboss or mm. in effect like boiling on a packaging mock-up, which, which helps the printer then themselves, you know, potentially gain new brand clients. The the Epson that maybe they're using for conventional contract proofing, they can use to, you know, produce an extended gamut proof and show a brand client, mm-hmm. you know, exactly what they should expect um, from a color perspective mm-hmm. on, on a production run. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they're printing, you know, direct to a substrate using like UV technology or an eco-solvent technology to print onto a heat transfer onto a production substrate. But I think that the the value in producing these physical mock-ups in a a competitive packaging market, market, um, it's not really, it's no longer kind of a nice to have. It's kind of becoming a necessity in my opinion. Yeah, it makes makes complete sense. Um, you mentioned there a little bit about obviously uh, Scott and and Lynn, you're from the US, Heiner's in in Europe. We're, we're bringing a few Europeans over, so it's a, a blend at the New York event of Europeans and in US. Um, Heiner, any sense that there is a slight difference at the at the moment in the markets, you know, around this subject of print and packaging generally? I mean, I mean, I mean, certainly you have differences uh, amongst the European countries. For instance, when you talk about the UK, they have what I what I always call a, like a mock-up culture, which we're not necessarily having in Germany. So in uh, uh, in the UK, you have numerous companies just producing mock-ups, very mm. intricate mock-ups. But I do see uh, um, probably a little bit contrary to the US. Um, one trend uh, certainly is, in a, and I think that's a global trend, is towards more intricate finishings, you know, which could also be produced um, uh, digital. And on the other hand, of course, there's a massive trend uh, towards uh, sort of uh, sustainable packaging materials. I just saw this morning they're introducing a deal in Germany. They're introducing uh, paper bottles uh, mm. to replace glass bottles. Mm. Some mm. of the whole thing is greenwashing. I do have to say that, you know, some uh, is supposed to be recycling uh, media, but it's not recycling. It's It's just fresh paper, but looks like recycling media. Mm-hmm. Having said that, you know, the the finishing side and also this sort of equal solvent uh, substrates uh, have two things in common. It's the the tact, uh, tactile, the haptic sensation when you touch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these recycling media, there's no paper, uh, paper class uh, standardization on it. So you are actually step, stepping on, on new ground. And people want to see how does my final product look like on mm-hmm. this, you know, sort of like 
very uncoated uh, recycling stock. Yep. And uh, when you when you use certain print technologies, um, you know, for for the for the mock-up side, the tactile sensation is gone. So what we're concentrating over here in Europe is uh, to create also um, or to use also hardware components which allow you to print on each and every substrate without really destroying, you know, the the look and feel of the substrate. Sure. sure. Scott, just out of curiosity, Heine mentions haptic, that sort of sense of feel. You know, particularly with packaging products, particularly with, you know, what you're doing is sort of uh, direct to shape. And those shapes are often glass or metal or plastic, you know, and they do have a feel, don't they? There is something about them. Is that is that an important factor? I would say less so in the U.S. Um, Probably Mm -hmm. one of the nice things about being here and then, you know, working with European partners um, is that we get a we kind of get a sense of what's coming in the future. So, you know, in Europe, you have a lot a lot of new technology, a lot of new sort of restrictions in the packaging space yep. that take a few years to come to the US so we can get a sense of what's coming. Mm. Um, and then as far as manufacturers go, you know, you it seems to be in Europe, like Hyman said, there's there's little pockets that specialize in in different segments of that kind of the industrial print business Mm. and in the u.s we're we're sort of situated in the same way where you know we don't really have competition for what we do Mm. Um, there are some crossovers in different market segments that we do compete but um, we're fortunate to be able to be an industry leader in in what we specialize in Mm. in europe it seems like every country sort of has their own specialist so there's a lot more competition um you know in intercountry yeah undoubtedly you're i mean i know your technology and i know you know what else exists out there you are you know i can't think of anyone else in the u.s doing anything like you guys are doing there may be one or two um trying to but you are absolutely in the u.s market leader but as you said there are others in europe doing similar sort of thing um so it is interesting that dynamically different regional dynamics um but obviously, we're in. We're going to be in New York, so it is going to be very much about the the U.S. market. So I'm interested in that respect. That um, you know what we see there. Um, just as we come to sort of end this conversation, I just want to remind everyone that the event will be taking place on June the 13th, and it will be at the Javits Center in in New York. And uh, looking forward to seeing all the speakers, Scott from EPS and obviously Lynn from CGS, MYS is right. Um, and I think it's going to be really exciting. We've got eight people speaking about different parts of the the sort of print and digital packaging market. So I think we're going to get some interesting stuff out of that. Um, Lynn, did you want to just add anything at the final moment just before we wrap up? You know, I, I, I'm looking forward uh, to the event next month and to, of course, um, you know, hear the other speakers, but also it's, it feels like it's been quite some time since we've done one of these things in person. And mm. it's always great to, to network and connect um, with new folks in the industry and, and beyond. Mm-hmm. I think uh, print, continues, print continues to evolve into new markets. And in all of those conversations and in all that networking, when we get together in a room, there's there's always something to be learned. So yeah. I'm looking forward to, to it very much. Brilliant. Thank you, Lynn. And Scott, any final thoughts? 
Um, no, I'm I'm excited as well. I think that this is one of those um, conferences that brings together. You, you know, you you've done a great job of bringing a lot of different voices into the room. And even though we're sort of speaking the same language in the same industry, you know, we can build off of each other. And I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much to all the speakers. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Heiner. And thank you very much, Lynn, for being with us. We'll catch up with Scott and Lynn in New York in a couple of weeks' time. Heiner, always good to see you. Thank you very much to all of you and uh, catch up with you very, very soon. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up and visit futureprints.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research, and to catch up on content from Future Print events. We'll see you next time on the Future Print Podcast.